My brothers and sisters, the Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. Jesus said to his disciples, You are the salt of the earth. But if salt loses its taste, with what can it be seasoned? It is no longer good for anything but to be thrown out and trampled underfoot. You are the light of the world. A city set on a mountain cannot be hidden, nor do they light a lamp and then put it under a bushel basket. It is set on a lampstand where it gives light to all in the house. Just so, your light must shine before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify your heavenly Father. The Gospel of the Lord. The hardest part about being a disciple of Jesus Christ for me has nothing to do with Jesus. The hardest part is me. And that's not to diminish the difficulty of journeying the the path that Jesus calls us to or the example that he sets for us to follow. It is difficult. But so often I find that I make it so much harder for myself when I get lost or, or fixated on the wrong things. But what do I mean? For example, as his disciple who's called to a particular vocation as a priest, it's very easy for me to get tied up into the day-to-day priestly responsibilities and be highly critical of that or evaluate how I'm doing by looking around at Sunday Mass here on campus and notice not that every chair is filled and hear the devil's stupid voice and stupid lies entering and saying, look at those empty seats. You're obviously not doing a good job. And when I want to make matters worse, I'll add some comparisons or I'll throw some sins in like envy and jealousy. And I can look at some other priests who seem to be doing so much more better because they have more people or other things that make it appear that that's what a successful priest looks like. That's what a good disciple is. I know intellectually in most times in my heart and my soul how foolish that is. But those lies and those, those temptations from the devil, when I do let them in, they can be discouraging and they can rob me of my joy. And being a disciple of Jesus is meant to bring joy. Being a disciple of Jesus is something that you shouldn't have to put up for a performance evaluation. It's a call into a, a loving, intimate relationship with him. I think we all know that on some level, that this is about having a relationship with him. But for whatever reason, maybe because so many other aspects of our lives are evaluated and critiqued and judged or graded. Sadly, even some of our family relationships or friendships have those distortions attached or affected by them as well. That we can lose sight of how Jesus loves us. Jesus loves us as we are, as sinners in need of a Savior. And as our Savior, he loves us and sees the potential within us. And his call to be his disciple is a call into love. It's a call to share that love. It's a call to share that joy with the world. But how do we do that? And how do we avoid the temptation of falling into crazy critiques of ourselves? 
thinking that he must have some quota for us to fulfill or a checklist that we need to complete. That's the, the good news that he's sharing with us tonight. You are the salt of the earth. You are the light of the world. He's telling us that when we're in relationship with him, when we are our, our best selves, you and I have the ability to affect and persuade and transform the world. The great thing about all those images is that they're so common, they're so everyday examples that every single person, doesn't matter what country or culture you're from, people of every time and age, young or old, rich or poor, everyone in between, every one of us can relate to them. Anyone who's ever taken a bite of an unseasoned steak or been in a blackout or all the power is out, you know how just adding those things, salt and light, has transformative power. So Jesus uses these everyday elements. He uses these examples telling us, you are the salt of the earth. You are the light of the world to challenge us to see that we have transformative power in our everyday experiences. It sounds almost too poetic or idealistic. In some ways, it might be easier if we had a quota or a checklist. Because this is really about a, a mindset. And it's about a daily decision that we have to make to choose. To choose to be salt and light. I had an experience that really made this click in the most bizarre ways for me just a few weeks ago that I'm still trying to unpack. So it was the, the Thursday before the spring semester started and I was involved in a car accident. I was coming home back to Newman from an appointment. I was turning into a parking lot of a shopping center. I had to have that coffee from Duncan. I just had to. <laughs> so I turn in and this woman who had been at the stop sign hit her gas and just hit her car right into me. After checking to see if she was okay and then moving the car off to the side and then sitting waiting for the police to arrive, that's when the bizarre thing happened. Right then and there, I felt like I had this, this fork in the road in my, in my head and in my heart. And I can remember hearing this voice inside me saying, are you going to be ticked off right now? I used a different term. <laughs> Rhymes with hissed. But I digress. Are you going to be ticked off right now? Or are you going to be thankful? Are you going to give thanks to God? Are you going to count your blessings? Are you going to acknowledge his presence? In other words, are you going to try to act like a disciple? Didn't help that I had my clerical clothes on either. But at any rate... <laughs> I wanted to be ticked. I really, really did. As an Italian man, that's my default. <laughs> this wasn't my fault. What an inconvenience this was going to be. The fact that now we had to wait for the police to show up. The fact that it happened now, right at the beginning of the semester, right at one of the busiest times of the year. And how much is this going to cost? And now I have to deal with insurance people. And blah, 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 blah. Anyway, I'm getting tense just even thinking about that whole list. <laughs> But I could literally see myself going down that path, a familiar, way too familiar path that I've gone down way too many, many times. I know and see all the potholes along the way. I see the bumps. I know it's not a really good path to travel, yet I choose it way, way too often. Or did I want to choose to be disciple and stay in a place of gratitude, of thanksgiving, 
and acknowledging the blessings, knowing that God was with me, and somehow be salt and light in this instance. Now, full disclosure, Italian guilt also had a click in on this. I do remember in a homily last semester, I shared that I had been in an accident in high school, which was my fault, and my friend had been seriously injured. And one of the things I had said at the time, I wish that the only thing I had to worry about was like stupid temporal things like getting a car fixed. So that also helped nudge me a little bit saying, all right, I, I know I probably can't get really angry right now because otherwise I'm gonna really be a hypocrite the next time I see them all. But anyway, I just made that choice. I made that decision to not go down on that road and try to stay focused on being a disciple, counting the blessings, seeing God's presence, being thankful, and trying to be that way to everyone else involved, trying to be salt and light. And it was hard. As I was sitting there frustrated with the whole thing, I'm saying, okay, how am I blessed? You're alive, dummy. Okay, yeah, that, that's, that's the biggest and that's the most obvious one and probably the one that we all seem to take granted for the most. I'm alive. The lady that was in the other car was as well. No one was hurt. No one was injured. We're okay. And I'm like, okay, my car. Oh, my car. Look at my car. And I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, all right, you have insurance. Insurance is not something we rarely associate as a blessing, uh, especially as you have to get and deal with deductibles and dealing with agents and paperwork and phone calls and stuff. But when you talk to people who maybe don't have insurance and how devastating something like this can become, yeah, this isn't fun right now. And it's not something I want to deal with, but it will be taken care of. Uh, all right, well, we're going to get this car fixed now. Like, I don't even know where the heck to go. And they're like, dummy, you have a friend who owns an auto body shop called Chuck. I'm like, oh, that's right. I do have that. I'm like, I have someone that I know and could trust that's going to help me deal and navigate all this. Just a few minutes of reminding myself of all these blessings all of a sudden started to calm me down. And what was amazing, though, was how many temptations to get off track and get right into the ticked off side emerged. We waited an hour and a half for the police and they hadn't arrived. And I'm starting to get ticked off about that in my car. I'm like, really, Jesus? I'm like, it's been a long enough day today. I'm like, but I'm trying to keep calm. Now the lady who hits me is getting upset. So she comes, she starts saying, this is unbelievable. We've been waiting this long and they didn't show up. What if we were injured? I could have agreed with her and unite with her and make the police our common enemy. But I tried really gently. I said, like, yeah, you know, I, I know it's been a really rough afternoon for us. But they did ask me if anyone was hurt. And I told them, you know, when I called that we were all OK. There's probably a lot of other people who are dealing with a lot worse things right now. And that's probably why they haven't arrived yet. And when I called back, they said, if you want, you could just exchange information and file the report yourself. So. She's like, okay, you know, so I'm like, I'm proud of myself. I was pretty cool. Like that wasn't so bad, you know? So we're doing that. We're exchanging information. That's when the lady said, oh, didn't you see me? (laughs) What? I'm like, (laughs) I wanted, again, go all Italian and say, see that big red thing with the word stop on it that you were sitting at, looking at before you rammed right into me? Yeah, like, I said, no. I said, no. Actually, I said, no, I, I, I didn't see you <laughs> as calmly, as gently. And then she just took a breath and she's like, I guess the important thing is no one's hurt. Now, honestly, through the whole process and ever since with whomever I've been encountering, whenever details continue to pop up or people ask about it, I'm always able to see this, this fork in the road. 
it's three weeks and you still haven't gotten your car back? How much longer is this going to take? This has got to be frustrating for you. Even my brothers were saying things like this to me the other day. I don't think to try to bait me, but at any rate, we're so programmed to be ticked off. And every time, though, I've been trying just to stay in this place of gratitude, of thanks, and trying to be aware of the blessings and trying to respond that way. In a way, it's a small but hopefully a meaningful way of, of putting salt and light into a situation that could be dark. One friend of mine and the other day when we were talking about it on the phone, he was just asking for an update, and I was just telling this stuff. He goes, I got to tell you, I'm really shocked you've been so calm about the whole thing and all. He's like, are you on medication or something? I'm not. Well, not for that, but the reality is... Uh, <laughs> The clarity of this being a choice is really registered for me. And it's something that I'm trying to bring with me into non-car accident related incidents. Because in the day-to-day and other things, it's hard to keep making that choice, isn't it? Even with the seemingly small, insignificant things. And you guys know what I'm talking about. Just walk around on campus. It's not hard to hear people complaining. This place stinks. Usually it's worse, something that rhymes with ducks. With the S, not the other one. (laughs) This professor stinks. My roommate stinks. My job stinks. Parking here really, really stinks. Before you've even gotten to mid-morning, how many of all these small little things will we encounter that will cause us to make a choice? You don't have to guilt or shame people who are having those feelings or reactions. That's just an everyday experience. But it's amazing how easy it is for us either to jump in and to that complaining session and add a few other things that makes this place or that professor or the other things that that roommate that they forgot about that stink as well. How quickly our reaction can turn things into a pity party or worse, or by just being a, a little bit of salt and casting just a little bit of light for them, how we have the ability to stop it and to snap them and ourselves out of them and transform that situation. This is more than just being a a good person or having a a positive attitude or something like that. I think that's one of the points that Jesus is getting at in the gospel. Because so often we categorize the work of of being a disciple to, to really, really big things like going on a retreat or going on a mission trip or being on some level of leadership in ministry. And we can limit that to something that just a select few are called to. I'm not holy enough. I'm not important enough. That's for something, someone else to do. And we diminish the day-to-day moments, moments and opportunities that we have to be a disciple. Not where we're being even asked to do like a big thing like present the gospel to someone in class or invite a complete stranger to join us at Mass. Not that those are bad things, but just in the daily routine things that pop up where we have that choice, a decision to make whether we're going to be salt and light for the world or not, to join others in complaining about how bland and how dark everything is. When people see and experience our joy, our peacefulness, that's contagious. That's intriguing. They want to know why or how is it that we're like that. And eventually they can come to see that it's Jesus who's flavoring and enlightening our lives. It's his love for us, it's his love for them, that enables and empowers us to live differently, to treat people differently. 
if we're able to show them how we can all be experiencing a lot of really different things and obstacles, but somehow remain aware of God's continued presence, that we're constantly experiencing his love and his blessings and his favor every moment of every day in abundance and overflowing to the point that we can't help but being a little bit of salt, a little bit of light to the people around us. Then we can maybe begin to to change and soften other people's hearts. And maybe then we can help this world of ours become a little bit more like the kingdom that Christ envisions us to create.